You believe in God for great things? Stand with me. Get ready to turn to the word of the Lord today. Amen. It's an exciting time to be a part of the church. I can't fathom. I can't imagine, Brother Brad, not being a part of the church in these last days. Our junior church may be dismissed. Uh, junior church may be dismissed. All of our children downstairs for junior church. Amen. <clears throat> We're going to get ready to turn to the word of the Lord here for the adults. Amen. I wonder real quick before we turn to the word of the Lord, if we could give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise for all of our visitors. Amen. It's so wonderful to have you. Some of you are, are, uh, some of you are walking on dangerous ground. You're about to cross the threshold to turn from a visitor to a member if you don't realize what you're about to do. Huh? Huh? See, this, this place will get a hold of you today. Amen. But we're thankful to have everyone in the house of the Lord today. We're going to get ready to turn to the word of the Lord. If you could, I want to take my text today from the book of Deuteronomy. If you'll turn with me there to the book of Deuteronomy. That's Brother Mike. If you can make sure I got plenty of monitor. Today I'm struggling a little bit with my voice, and uh, but I want to turn your attention to the book of Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter. Deuteronomy 11, I'll be reading, I'll be taking my text from verse 13 through verse 17. It's also good to see Brother Corey Dotson with us today. We haven't seen Brother Corey in a while. Man, we've been missing you, sir. Amen. I, I told... I told uh, his wife, Sister Brandy, I charged her last week, and I charged Brother Corey's mother to stand behind Brother Micah and Sister Kennedy as they attempt to turn their lives around for the Lord. Amen. I'm thankful. I'm thankful for all that the Lord is doing today. We These young folks, they need the support of the elders in this church Amen. Turn with me to the book of Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, the 13th verse. I'll be reading verse 13 through verse 17. Shout out yes when you get there. If you do not have your Bibles, the text is upon the screen behind me. If you need a Bible, please see me. We want every home in this church to have a Bible. Nobody without a Bible. That's the goal here. We want every home to have a Bible. Amen. Deuteronomy, the 11th chapter, verse 13. The word of the Lord says, and it shall come to pass, if ye shall hearken diligently unto my commandments, which I command you this day, to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart, with all your soul, that... I will give you the rain of your land in his due season. I want you to pay close attention today that there is something there required for you to receive the rain of the land. The Lord said, if, if you will love the Lord your God with all your heart and you'll serve him with all your heart and all your soul, I will give you the rain 
of your land in his due season. The first rain and the latter rain. You know, the first rain in Judea was poured out to soften up the ground. There were two rainy seasons in Judea. The first rain was poured out, sent from God to soften up the ground. The second rain was poured out. The second rainy season was to strengthen the crops. The Lord said, I won't just give you the first rain, but I'll give you the second rain also if you'll just do what I have commanded you to do. He said, I'll give you the rain of your land in his due season, the first rain and the latter rain, that thou mayest go in thy, thou mayest gather in thy corn and thy wine and thine oil. And I will send grass in thine fields for thy cattle, that thou mayest eat and be full. Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived. And you turn aside and serve other gods and worship other gods. And then the Lord's wrath shall be kindled against you. And he shall shut up the heaven, and there be no rain. That the land yield not her fruit, and lest ye perish quickly from off the good land which the Lord giveth you. The Lord tells the children of Israel here, if you hearken to my commandments, if you love the Lord your God and serve him with all your heart and all your soul, I will give you the rain of your land in due season. I want to preach to you today on the subject of the fire has to fall before the rain can sustain. <laughs> ah, the fire has to fall before the rain can sustain. I wonder if we all over this house, if we can lay our Bibles down in our seats, if we can make a joyful noise unto the Lord today. Let's offer him up an offering of praise. Come on, clap your hands. Shout out. Yes, shout out. Hallelujah. Somebody say thank you, Jesus, for waking me up this morning, starting me on my way, giving me breath, giving me blood, giving me oxygen, giving me food, giving me my family. Is good comes from the Lord today, and He's worthy. He's worthy of all of our praise. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're going to help me preach today, you may be seated. If you're not, please remain standing. God bless you. You may be seated today. The fire must fall. Before the rain can sustain. That's a catchy phrase today, if I do say so myself. I want to talk a little bit this morning about the fire of the Lord and the rain of the Spirit. It is estimated that somewhere between 300 to 500 million people, 7% of the earth's population, are fed by using a farming technique called slash and burn agriculture. Now, I realize that I'm not preaching to a bunch of farmers today. 
to my knowledge, there are no farmers in this congregation. We're going to have to pray. The Lord send us some Holy Ghost filled farmers. Amen. But 7% of the world's population is fed by an agricultural technique called slash and burn agriculture. Africa, South Africa, other parts of the world with vast grasslands and rainforests depend. They depend upon this method of growing crops. Human beings have been using this method of farming for over 12,000 years. 12,000 years man has used this technique to grow crops. Slash and burn agriculture is the process of cutting down the vegetation in a particular plot of land just before the start of the rain season. Allowing it to dry out really good, setting a fire to the remaining foliage, and using the ashes to provide nutrients to the soil for the use of the planting food crops. The fire drives away the pests. It is a natural pesticide. It drives away everything that wants to destroy the harvest, the ashes provide a burst of nutrients for the crops. And the planting is done directly in the ashes that are left behind after the ground is burned. I want you to think about that the next time that you're down in the dumps and you're going through some problems and you feel like you've lost it all. I want you to look straight at those ashes and realize it ain't time to boo-hoo. It ain't time to complain. It ain't time to whine. It's time to start planting. Praise God. Because ashes are for planting today. Praise the Lord. Ashes are for planting today. The fire was necessary because the rain was on the way. Hallelujah. So they burned the crops in anticipation of the rainy season. They plant the crops. Amen. And the Lord sends the rain. And that way he feeds 7% of the earth's population. We are blessed here in the United States of America. We don't realize the hardships of many of the people that live in the world that we live in. Come on, we don't understand what it's like to have to survive on the slimmest or the least. We live in a right now world. We can have something to eat anytime we want it. All we got to do is open the microwave and put something in and push a button. But 7% of the earth's population doesn't operate like we operate. 500 million people throughout the earth depend upon this farming practice. Amen. And they have to burn the ground to burst the nutrients into the ground so they can grow their crops to feed themselves. In the book of 1 Kings the 18th chapter, we read of a prophet named Elijah. The prophet was hiding from an evil king named Ahab. Ahab had led the children of Israel away from God. He, had, he was destroying the prophets of God. He was killing them one right after the other. He was turning the people of God towards the worship of the false god Baal. And because Ahab had turned the people's hearts away from God and because it, it displeased God, 
There was a famine in the land. There was no rain. There was no food. There was no nothing. There was a famine in the land. And the Lord begins to speak to the prophet Elijah, and he tells him, he says, I want you to go show yourself to Ahab. I want you to go find King Ahab, and I want you to show yourself to him. I can imagine the prophet in his mind saying, Lord, you don't know what you're asking me to do. He's killing one prophet right after the other. Lord, I've been in hiding just trying to avoid this king, and here you are, Lord, you're asking me to go show myself to him. But being the man of God that he was, Elijah answers the call, he packs up his things, and he heads to show himself to King Ahab. And uh, while he is on the way to do what the Lord has instructed him to do, Ahab tells his governor Obadiah, he says, look, we got to do something. We're in the midst of a famine. We're, We're in the midst of a drought. The horses and the donkeys are dying. The mules are passing away. We, we got problems. Listen, here's what we're going to do, Obadiah. We're going to split up all of these animals, and I'm going to go this way, and you're going to go that way, and you're going to find some grass to feed these animals. And I'm going to find some grass to feed these animals. Amen. And while Obadiah was in the way, the Bible says that the man of God, Elijah, met him. Elijah begins to tell Obadiah, he says, I want you to go tell King Ahab that Elijah is here. And King uh, or Obadiah, the governor of King Ahab, he, he looks at Elijah and he says, do you realize what you're asking me to do? If I go tell Ahab that you're here, and when I come back with Ahab, if you're gone, he's going to kill me. And Elijah gives him his word, and he says, I give you my word that if you'll just go tell King Ahab that I am here, I promise you I will be right here when you get back. Amen. So Obadiah goes, and he brings King Ahab back to meet Elijah. And as soon as Ahab sees Elijah in the way, he says to him, he says, are you the one? Are you the prophet of God that's been troubling Israel? Are you the one who's been making things difficult on me? Are you the one who's been spreading all of this stuff that people are trying to rise up against me? Are you the one who's troubling Israel? But Elijah begins to to speak up, and he tells the king, he says, No, you got it wrong. I'm not the one that's been troubling Israel, but you're the one who's been troubling Israel. I'm not the one who's been lying to Israel. You're the one who's been lying to Israel. He said, you and your father's house have caused these people to forsake God's commandments. You have caused these people to turn their back on the Lord and to follow after Balaam. And here's where it gets good. Elijah begins to tell King Ahab, he says, well, here's what we're going to do. You think I'm the one troubling Israel, and I say you're the one troubling Israel. You think I'm wrong, and I think you're wrong, so here's what we're going to do. He says, I want you to go back, and I want you to gather up all the prophets of Baal. 
And he says, I'm just one man. You've killed all the other prophets, and I alone remain as a prophet of the living God. He said, I want you to go back, and I want you to gather up all 450 of the prophets of Baal. And he said, don't stop there, King Ahab. I want you to get all the prophets of the groves, which are another 400 men. And he said, I want you to bring them here. So King Ahab goes, and he gathers up all the prophets of Baal. And he brings them, and they meet Elijah. And then Elijah tells them, he says, here's what we're going to do. He says, I want you to gather all of the people, and I want you to bring them together. And I want you to bring them in here to be a witness to this thing. And Elijah begins to address all of the people, Brother Carl, and he says, how long have you been halted between two opinions? Oh, my God, I feel like preaching if somebody will help me for just a moment today. So how long have you been halted between two opinions? He said, here's what we're going to do. I want you to give the prophets a bell a bullock, and I'm going to take a bullock myself. And Elijah was even gracious enough to allow them to go first. You know, that shows a cockiness, a confidence it shows a confidence, amen, when, when you say, okay, here's what I'll do. You go first. Uh, we used to do that in basketball games. You know, we say, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll serve you first. You just throw the ball at them, right? Because you're confident. It don't matter who gets the ball first. You're going to win in the end, right? So Elijah looks at the prophets of Baal. And he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the, the altar first. Take your bullock and cut it up in pieces and lay it up on the altar and go ahead and call upon your God. Amen. And the Bible tells us that from morning till noon, the prophets of Baal began to call upon their God. And they called upon their God. And they called upon their God, but there was no response. And at noontime, Elijah began to get just a little bit frustrated. So he starts to poke a little bit of fun at the prophets of Baal. He begins to mock them, and he says, maybe your God's on a walk somewhere. Maybe your God's having a conversation with somebody else right now. Maybe your God's on a journey and he can't hear you better than that. Maybe your God is asleep and you need to wake him up. Ah, he says, I tell you what you ought to do. You ought to cry a little bit louder than you're crying right now. So the prophets of Baal get real angry and they start crying even louder and they start cutting themselves. They start cutting themselves and blood is flowing out of their arms. My God, I just felt the Holy Ghost say, ain't you glad I delivered you from that? My God, I just heard the Lord speak to somebody in this place who used to cut themselves and said, ain't you glad I delivered you from that? Ain't you glad I delivered you from something that wasn't going to get you nowhere? I'll be your peace today. I'll be your provider today. Hallelujah. But those prophets of Baal started cutting themselves. They started crying out even louder, saying, oh, crying out to Baal that he would send down fire to burn up the altar and the bullock. The Bible says still with no response, no response, amen, they cried louder. Elijah began to mock them, amen, 
And they cried out until the time of the evening sacrifice, the Bible says, until the prophet said, I've had enough. All you people come a little closer. He began to talk of all the people of Israel. He said, I want you to come just a little bit closer. You've watched. You've seen them call upon their God, and nothing happened. You've seen no fire came down from heaven. I want you to come a little bit closer so you can see just a little bit better because I don't want there to be any kind of misconceptions. I don't want you to miss what God's about to do. Come on, gather in here just a little bit closer to the altar. Ah. And you know what they did? Those people of Israel, they began to gather in closer to the altar. And Elijah says, now dig a ditch around that altar. Come on, somebody, dig a ditch around that altar. They started digging. When the ditch was dug, he tells me, he said, I want you to go get four barrels of water. And now I can hear them. I can hear the people of the land of Israel. I can hear the false prophets of Baal saying, what are you doing, man? We're in the midst of a drought. We're in the midst of a famine. Here you are. You want to waste all of this water. But the man of God says, listen to me. You might be in the midst of a drought, but God ain't in the midst of no drought. Come on, man might have a drought. Man might have a famine. Man might do without sometime. But we serve a God today that's a God of the abundance. He's a God that never runs out. He's a God that never, come on, somebody. He's a God that has more than enough for his people today. Hallelujah. He says, gather around, dig a trench, pour some water upon the altar. They begin to pour the barrels of water upon the altar. He says, now do it a second time. Come on, Elijah. Come on, Elijah. What are you doing, man? You know we're in the midst of a famine. We need this water. Pour the water on the altar. Pour the water on the altar. They pour the four barrels more. And he says, now do it a third time. By this time, they're done even arguing with the man of God. They just pour the water on the altar. So they pour three times 12 barrels of water in the midst of a drought, in the midst of of a famine. The third time, he says, and they did it. And they did it a third time, and you can hear those people complaining, wondering why he's doing this. But Elijah understood that he served a God that had unlimited resources. They poured the water on there the third time, and Elijah, Elijah began to call upon the name of the Lord. My God. Elijah began to call upon the name of the Lord. He said, Lord God of Abraham, Lord God of Isaac, Lord God of Jacob. He said, I have done what you have asked me to do. You spoke to me while I was in the way, and you told me to go show myself to Ahab. And Lord, that's exactly what I have done. And you promised me you would do this on my behalf. And while Elijah spoke, fire came down from from heaven. Fire came down from heaven and it burnt up that altar and it licked up that water and people fell down on their faces and began to worship and magnify God. They began to magnify the Lord. Oh, clap your hands and magnify the Lord today. <coughs> Hallelujah. Fire fell. Fire fell. And it licked, it burnt up that altar. 
I burnt up that bullock. It licked up that water. The fire fell. The fire fell because the rain was on the way. The fire fell because the rain was on the way. You see, I remember last week when we gathered into this house. And this young lady right here sitting by this guy with the sunglasses on his head. She brought this young boy to the house of the Lord last week. Anybody remember that? Anybody remember we brought them up front and we anointed this child with oil. We prayed the prayer of faith. Come on, we did what God told us to do as commanded in the book of James in the fifth chapter. said, anoint them with oil and pray the prayer of faith. I believe God still hears prayer. I believe God still hears prayer because this child couldn't use the restroom. This child went to the restroom six times this week. The fire fell. The fire fell. And it licked up all the water that's in the trench today. Woo, glory. We said, come on, Lord God of Elijah, Lord God of Abraham, Lord God of Jacob, Lord God of Isaac. We need you to move. We need you to turn their hearts back towards you. And I want you to know they're starting in a Bible study this week at Sister Bo or Sister Sabrina and Brother Bo's house. Come on. If you do what God tells you to do, he'll do what he said he will do. Hallelujah. The fire fell. We said, Lord, Lord, God of Abraham, God Almighty, we need you to move. We've done what you told us to do. Now we need you to move so their hearts will be turned towards you. And here they're going to start a Bible study. That's the way God works. Come on, the fire has to fall before the rain can sustain. I come to tell Adam and Brandy, there's some rain coming. The drought's almost over. Come on, the famine's coming to an end. The rain's going to fall because the fire has already fell. Praise God. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost today. The fire fell. The fire of the Lord fell. Church, the fire has to fall before the rain can sustain. The fire fell and it burned up the sacrifice. It licked up all the water in the trench. The people saw it. They fell on their face. They began worshiping God. The nation of Israel's heart, who had been led away from God, was turned back towards God because God had showed up. And Elijah said... Let the God who sends down fire be God. I ain't up for no dead church today. Come on. I ain't up for nobody who wants to sit down on the Lord today. I come in here to worship him. I come in here to praise him. I come in here to see people's lives turned around. I come in here to see people's circumstance change. I come in here to see people's hearts turn towards God today. Oh, let's magnify the Lord and give him a hand clap of praise today. Come on, I ain't done yet. I feel like preaching just a minute if that's all right. Somebody said Tuesday night, that was too short. I guess what? I'll keep you a little longer today. Huh? I'm just kidding. I'm mindful that your belly is growling. Amen. But that fire fell, and that water was licked up, and that bullock, and that altar was burnt up. 
Elijah looks at those people whose heart is just turned back to God. He said, I want you to take all 450 of those prophets of Baal. I want you to take them down to the brook and I want you to get rid of them. They took them down there and they slew them one by one. One by one, the enemies of God were destroyed. Let me tell you something. The Lord will destroy every enemy of your life. The Lord will destroy everything that rises up against you. The Lord will be a very present help in a time of trouble. Hallelujah. They took those prophets down to the brook and they began to destroy them. You see, now Elijah looks and he tells King Ahab, he says, get up, King Ahab. Get up. He said, I'm going to take you up into Mount Carmel, and you're going to eat, and you're going to drink. And he, and he says, I, I know that we are in the midst of a famine, but the fire of the Lord's done fail. The fire of the Lord's done fail. And he said, King Ahab, I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. <laughs> The fire's done fell. Now I hear a sound. We're in the midst of a famine. The land's all dried out. The crops are not growing. The animals cannot be fed. But the fire of the Lord has already fell. And I hear the sound of the abundance of rain. Ah, God. So he takes King Ahab up into Mount Carmel. And he tells him, you sit here. And you eat and drink, and I'm going to go over here and pray. And the word of the Lord says that Elijah went over, and he fell down upon the ground, and he placed his head between his knees. And he began to seek God. You see, Elijah prayed two prayers in the book of 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. He prayed the first prayer openly, and he asked God for fire. And he prayed the second prayer privately, and he asked God for rain. We need to ask God. Brother Chris was talking about corporate worship a while ago. We need to come into this place corporately, and we need to ask God for fire from heaven. We need to ask God for fire from heaven. But every person has a different need. You need rain in your life, and you need to ask God privately for rain today. Elijah fell down, put his head between his knees, and he began to ask the Lord for rain. He told his servant, he said, I want you to go all the way up to the peak of the mountain, and I want you to look out over the sea. He said, what do you see? He said, I don't see nothing. He says, I want you to go back up there seven more times, seven times total. Keep on going up there. And on the seventh time, he said, what do you see? He said, I see a little small cloud out over the sea. It's shaped like a man's hand. Elijah says, all right, here's what I want you to do. The fire of the Lord done fell so the rain can sustain. I want you to go over there and I want you to tell Ahab, you better get your chariot ready. You better get down off of this mountain because the Lord's about to unleash a blessing that you can't contain. And if you don't get down off of this mountain right now, you're going to be sliding down off of this mountain. Huh? That's what kind of God we serve today. He'll pull you out a blessing that you can't even contain. 
Your cup will be so full to just be running over everywhere. And you know what Elijah said? He said, you better get that chariot ready. You better beat feet. And you better get down off of this mountain because the Lord is about to unleash heaven. And you know what? The Bible says the rain began to come pouring down. The famine came to an end. The animals were no longer starving. The crops were now growing. I come to tell somebody in this place today, you can't get the order backwards. The fire has to fall so the rain can sustain. If you'll let the fire of the Holy Ghost lick up everything in your life that God does not want in it, he'll send a rain that you cannot contain today. He'll send a rain that you cannot contain today. Hallelujah. He tells Ahab, get your chariot ready. Get down off of this mountain because this rain's going to be so great that you ain't going to be able to get down off of this mountain if you don't go now. So much rain. So much rain. Let me tell you something. If you do what God tells you to do, God will do what he said he will do. If you'll serve the Lord... With all your heart, all your soul, all your might. He said, I'll open the windows of heaven and I'll pour you out a rain in its due season. But you got to let the fire fall. You got to let the fire destroy everything that God doesn't want. You got to be willing to love him and to serve him in the beauty of holiness. And God will open the windows of heaven And he will give you rain in due season. Stand with me all over this house as musicians. Come quickly. The fire has to fall for the rain to sustain. Elijah prayed two prayers in 1 Kings, the 18th chapter. One for fire and one for rain. It's not time church to grieve in the ashes it's time to plant in the ashes it's not time to complain about the rainstorm it's time to dance like David did when he brought the ark of the covenant back into Jerusalem the fire has to fall before the rain can sustain 7% of the world Depends on the fire to fall before the rain can sustain. But 100% of the church depends on the fire to fall before the rain can sustain. This is not the world. This is the church. Come on, this is not the world. This is the church. I feel the Lord speaking to somebody today. The Holy Ghost Fire is a cleanser. It's a purifier. It's something that'll turn your heart towards God. It turned the the nation of Israel's heart back towards the Lord, away from Balaam. The former and the latter reign of the Spirit is a sustainer. It will prosper you. It will bless you. It will give you increase. But the fire must fall before the rain can sustain prayer of faith that Elijah prayed was not just any prayer 
It was a prayer built on a promise. <laughs> you see, the Lord had already said, if you do, Jason, if you do what I've told you to do, I will do what I said I will do. Elijah's prayer was a prayer that was built on a promise. It wasn't just any prayer. He knew that he would serve the Lord with all of his heart. The Lord was going to give him rain in due season. The prayer of faith that he prayed was a prayer built on a promise. If you go show yourself to Ahab, I'll send the rain. If you take a stand for truth, I'll send the rain. If you change what I tell you to change, I'll send the rain. If you teach your children what I told you to teach them, I'll send the rain. If you'll be faithful to me with all your increase, I'll send the rain. If you'll be faithful to my house when I tell you to be faithful to my house, I'll send the rain. If you'll tell people of my goodness and my mercy, I'll send the rain. Elijah, just go show yourself to Ahab. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost telling Elijah today, go show yourself to Ahab. Come on, you have what Ahab needs today. You have what the world needs today. Listen, don't complain about the ashes. Don't complain about the rain. The fire must fall so the rain can sustain. I couldn't count how many times I've heard people complain about rain. Nobody likes to be stuck in the house during a rainstorm. But I made up my mind a long time ago, if I don't want to stay in the house, I won't stay in the house. Me and my wife was out taking a walk in the rain not long ago, and Sister Angie's sister pulls up in the car and says, what are you guys doing? I said, we're walking. She said, you guys need a ride home? I said, no, we're okay. A little bit of rain ain't going to keep me in the house. If I want to go out of the house, I'm going to go out and dance in the rain. A little bit of ashes ain't going to keep me from planting because everything's been burnt up. I'm going to look at those ashes and I'm going to start digging and I'm going to plant because God said if the fire falls, the rain's going to sustain. Elijah prayed two prayers, one for fire and one for rain. I want you to know we've been praying for fire in this place and you're seeing the fire fall. You better get ready for rain. You better get ready. Come on, listen to this preacher today. You better get ready. You better get down off of that mountain because the rain's about to start falling in this place today. The rain's about to come. Rain is a prerequisite to a rainbow. <laughs> oh, don't complain about the rain. There's going to be a rainbow when it's all done. Rain is a prerequisite to a promise. Don't complain about the rain. The promise is on its way. Rain is a prerequisite to growth and abundance. Don't complain about the rain. There's an abundance coming. The famine's coming to an end. And God is going to send down the rain. If you never endured a thunderstorm, you've never seen the beauty of a rainbow. Church, rain is the lifeblood of any garden. Nothing grows without water. 
Nothing grows without water, and you ain't going to grow without the Spirit of the Lord pouring down that latter rain in your life. Come on, we need fire to burn up, and we need rain to sustain, slash, and burn spiritual agriculture. 7% of the world lives by these practices, but 100% of the church lives by these practices. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost amongst us. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost to clean us up, to purify us, to rid us, to convict us, to steer us, and to guide us. And we need the Spirit of the Lord to sustain us. Slash and burn agriculture. Are you a part of the church of the living God today? If you are, you need the fire and you need the rain. These altars are open as we sing this.